0: the locker room with tunch and wolf presented by neighborhood ford store the ford f-150 is the official truck of the pittsburgh
1: steelers now here's tunch and wolf good morning steelers nation and welcome in the inside the locker room craig wolfley wesley Euler in for tunch ilkin today and we are off and running on a tuesday morning feeling good you want to chime in 412-919-1316 those are the digits to do so and it is a fantastic Tuesday morning here, Wolf. I mean, it's it's always a great Tuesday to be with you. I'm excited for this. I feel like it's been over a year probably since you and I have been on a microphone together with, <laughs> with all this craziness in the offseason. You know, I had a little pep in my step when I woke up this morning, get to chat some football with the Wolf, man. I'm excited to go here.
2: It's a pleasure to have you here, Wesley. I appreciate you, brother. It's great that you could sit in for Chaluch who's taking care of some personal business. I see you are sporting a WVU. Oh well, I mean you know. Hat. Oh well, yeah, but you know my brothers <laughs> played down of there, course, of course, of course. So you know it always comes around, and we we get to talk about it. So yes, it's great to have you here. I'm glad you are uh, so thrilled with the boss start. I love you it. No, it's a boss Tuesday. Today's all things boss. Chulich's not here because sometimes he gets like, come on, choose something else. You know, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he, he'll just... he
1: doesn't appreciate the boss like. Oh, you he, and I nah, do. he's, a,
2: he's such a '70s guy. He you is. know, he and Kevin Colbert are the same. It's like there was no music <laughs> that that exists after the '70s, and then Boss was in the '70s. But you know, they they still go back to a little more mm-hmm. of the funk and groove type right. thing,
1: right? Or maybe a little little heavier stuff. You know, sometimes for those. Two. Well, he'll do. He'll, you know, Tunch was just.
2: Hey, let's face it. He went, when he was in college, he went with a buddy to Barry Okay, <laughs> I love this
3: story. I'm just saying. I love I'm this, story. Saying. I'm I love not this saying, story.
2: I'm just saying, okay? That's all you need to know. So but how yeah. are you, buddy? I,
1: I'm fantastic. Some Bruce to get us going on a Tuesday morning, you know, Growing up, it was it was The Boss, and it was Tom right. Petty in, the, in my house. I, some of my, fr- my first music memories. Well, your dad's a,
2: music- my, a my, my, my musician, My dad, My
1: dad is a violinist, yep, and so a, a lot of classical music, obviously, too, but we would load up my mom's Jeep, we'd drive to my grandparents' farm in West Virginia, and we'd crank The Boss, we'd crank Tom Petty the right. whole way. So that's always a great way to start a Tuesday. It's also a great way to start a Tuesday, Wolf, because we woke up this morning With the Steelers in first place. How about that? Last night, Baltimore and Kansas City. Kind of the Monday night matchup that everyone had been waiting for these first three weeks. And uh, the Chiefs doing a little favor to the Steelers. And we wake up today in first place. Good one, Patrick. (laughs) Wait no, a second. What was that? Good one, Patrick. (laughs) Good one, Patrick. SpongeBob dropping by to say thank you to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. How professionally place. done. We've got some real pros in the house here oh, today. See, I told Jacob I said we gotta queue up the Spongebob. I mean, look at Wolf. I said, Wolf will love this. <laughs> that is Still awesome. One,
2: <laughs> Do you know who you know, there's a guy, there's an actor that plays Patrick on SpongeBob okay. SquarePants. Okay? I skied with him out in <laughs> no. Montana. I there's kid always, you not. There's always there's a there's name an, drop. An, yeah. <laughs> It's a, oh, was William? I can't remember his name now, but he—he was—he played coach. You know the guy that played the—not uh, coach, but a dauber on coach. Will Will Uh, Fagerbake? So yeah, really Fagerbake.
1: Can, Fagerbake. Okay. Yes.
2: Oh, that's the guy I skied with. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> because this was years ago, and my son CJ. Was a big, huge SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> and he got all excited when he when he found out that I had actually skied with him. Yep. not not because his dad was anything. It was a, that was SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> exactly. of course. It's the voice, Go exactly. Foggerbocky. That's, that's it. That's
1: awesome. Oh man, that's too funny. So you know, 412-919-1316 thirteen sixteen. We'll take calls throughout the day, but when you call in, you got to say thank thank you, Patrick. Okay, explain and, and, what and, and, that all is and, and, and about. And Jacob, will, you know, because right. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were saying thank you this morning. Because the Steelers are now first place in the division.
2: No doubt about it. But what's the whole thing with Patrick? You remember? His mom went went uh, viral or something yeah. on Twitter <laughs> yeah. because the announcers were calling him Pat Mahomes <laughs> instead of Patrick. Exactly. And
1: so mom's like, she's got her mama bear on. You know, she's <laughs> exactly. like, oh, his name is Patrick. It's not Pat Mahomes. It's Patrick. <laughs> That's right. And so we'll thank the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let Patrick Starr do it as we, uh, as we roll along here. Uh, but we're here to talk about those three and O Pittsburgh Steelers, of course. Wolf, um, here's what I wanted to ask you. Ask three uh, and And before you and I went on air, we're talking about how man, there's been a lot of good. There's certainly some, you know, there's some housekeeping items that I'm sure that they want to get straightened out. It's much easier to do those things when they are three and O. So sitting here right now, undefeated, three weeks in. What's the singular thing you've been most encouraged by with the Pittsburgh Steelers?
2: I would say it's almost a combination in the sense of this: it is an exceptional "whatever it takes" attitude that Chuck Knoll preached day in, day out, year in, year out. That I was ever associated with him, and it's also the fact that as they've gone three and zero, they've won games, though not Picasso's or what you know. But the fact is, they've learned on the job. These guys are learning the clay pools. The young guys, they're 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 making some mistakes, but you know what? It's not costing them. You know the the W's. So I'd say probably right now, most most importantly, it's about the fact that they're continuing to evolve, continuing to grow, but they're not where they need to be. But this is still the preseason. Sure, and, and they're getting it done while not losing.
1: Exactly, and I think you know we normally see even even in a regular year. There's still always, you know, some kinks you got to work out in those first couple weeks. Uh, for the best teams, yeah, you know, I feel like every year in the the Brady Belichick era, right, the Patriots would start one and two, and right. everyone would say, "Ah, oh, this is it, they're done," you know, and then they'd rattle off seven or eight straight wins. Right. I think that was to be expected for every team, even more this year, as you just hit on no preseason, a condensed off season. What we've seen from every team in the National Football League, I think, through these first three weeks, obviously including the Pittsburgh Steelers, is not what they're going to be in Week 8, in Week 13, certainly. You can find a way to go 3-0 and even in the face of some of those things that you want to clean up. And I'm sure you could attest to this too, Wolf. It's probably easier to look in the mirror and say, oh, we got to get this right when you're 3-0. Oh, and yeah. As opposed to, uh, backed into a corner, this is desperation time. You're 3-0 and and you're feeling good <laughs> about where you are. But you can also look in the mirror and say, yeah, but, you know, maybe we were fortunate to get away with this and get away with that. And we'll we'll get better with that as we go forward here.
2: You know, I remember one time in a five and 11 year at the turn, we were, oh, I don't know, we were one and seven or something. I mean, it was just really bad. And I remember Tunch saying, well, now we know what it's like to be in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean and you know the thing about it is Is this what that's, it's like to play for the Jets? <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, you know, when when hope is expired before you even go trick or treat and gadzook's man, you know, I mean that's that's a hard one to swallow. You know, so the the key is you know for these guys to keep as my I, you know and i love the tomlinisms because you know he speaks truth in those catchphrases mm-hmm. but when you're talking about men putting their hand in the pile and keeping it going it really takes on context when you see oh how about uh, you know you're get you're, you're getting wailed by the giants on a 19 play drive and who steps up and makes a big play Pick gets the pick in the end zone. Not Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> like you would expect. It's Cam Hayward. Yep. And it was truly, that's the, the message Ch- Chuck would always preach. It's a whatever it takes. Who's going to make the big play? He, I remember him walking around the locker room and he, he pointed at somebody. Who's going to make the big play? Who's going to make the big – and you're like, I'm an offensive <laughs> lineman. Don't look you know? at me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, he, but he would say, it's a mindset. It's a mindset you got to have. And I hear Mike Tomlin doing similar as he talks each guy to each guy and approaches them, and he gets a great bearing on what their mindset uh-huh. is. And that's part of the, the aspect of coaching. I think he excels in – and he's second to no one in that area.
1: Absolutely. And I think, too, I know one of the things that, that we had discussed to, to kick around today, the halftime adjustments – Made on Sunday. Wow. uh, I thought were fantastic. What? Only 51 passing yards for Deshaun Watson in the second half. And... Credit to Mike Hilton. I thought that interception really kind of flipped the game, flipped the momentum, and the Steelers were in the driver's seat clearly from that point on. And how about Stephon it too? Oh. Little little quiet for him in the first two games. And I think that's to be expected. You know, we forget too. This is a guy who hasn't played football in a year or two with no preseason and a condensed offseason. Exactly. He's trying to get his feet back underneath him, just like plenty of other guys are as well, too. He comes out in the third quarter. And, man, I mean, just <laughs> plants to Sean Watson. You were telling me about an energy moment he had on the sideline. I thought Stephon it, Mike Hilton, some of those adjustments that Mike Tomlin made at halftime, that was really encouraging to see. And I think if you are still concerned about some of these individual elements of the team, you feel much better that they're going to get those going in the right direction moving forward.
2: No question about it. Think about this, and we talked about it off the air. You teamed up with uh, an en- energy bringer. A guy named Arthur, Arthur Motz, Motz. okay? The man's a walking ball of energy, okay? <laughs> but that's what you need in a team. You have multipliers, you got dividers, hopefully not too many. Mm-hmm. You got adders, you got subtractors, hopefully not too many. The point is those guys that multiply others – they are immense. That's a Cam Hayward. That's a Ben Roethlisberger, okay? But you got adders. You got the the, the Arthur Moats. You got the Craig Wolfleys, the energy guys. That, you know, maybe it's not Hall of Fame status, you know. It's like I told somebody, I go, I wasn't great, but I, I lined up next to greatness, okay? <laughs> you brushed shoulders I, of greatness, I, I baby. I did. I did, baby. I knew it, right? So the fact is. Uh, I look at that and and I and I see these guys coming along and that's what you need stuff to it. it. There's a lull in the third quarter and all of a sudden the Texans are starting to get a little mojo rolling. Mm-hmm. It's silent in Heinz Field. When was the last time it was silent in Heinz? I mean, the the moments that it just it just you, you kind of block it out when you focus on the play as it's going live. Mm-hmm. But when you have a TV timeout and everyone's like standing around going, oh, okay, yeah, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. Um, they're the mental RPMs. You can feel them dropping. And then it's like Steph Tewitt says, okay, that's enough of this crap. And then he just goes off and goes hog wild. He sacks Deshaun Watson. I mean, yep. I thought I, I thought he eviscerated the man on the one, the he one did. hit. He did. Then he comes back a few plays later because it was just a hit, you know, uh, while he was throwing the ball. Then he comes back a few plays later and makes a big sack. He swims uh, Zach Fulton, the right guard. Nice, beautiful move. Uh, gets uh, Deshaun, slams him to the ground. And he's up in the face of guys, and he is shouting, screaming. And all of a sudden, Vinnie Williams like, yeah, you know, and then they're all like, you know, and they're all going crazy. So that's what you need. Those those enervators, these guys that bring that energy and get everybody focused.
1: You always hear that yawning is contagious, right? And can, <laughs> and can bring everybody down. Nice. Energy's, energy is the same way. Uh, and, and you bring up Arthur Motz, you know, my my co-host on the Steelers Blitz noon to two here on SNR. He's S- shameless plug, but that, that's how we do it around that's here. That's <laughs> how we roll, <laughs> baby. I was going to say, that's how we roll. That's how you we gotta roll. Let the old, you
2: got to let the old fat guy have one of those, those hip statements, you know.
1: He's told me before, and particularly leading up to this season, when we were talking about some of the new, you know, the empty stadiums and, and some of this, you know, new new NFL uh, protocols here with, with the pandemic world, how there's some guys, not everybody, but there's some guys on each team who, Let's face it, the running out with the lights or with the crowd or with the smoke, they need that to get them charged up. Right. They're just not naturally the most energetic, most fired up guys. They need the 60,000 fans. They need the loud music. They need the smoke at the entrance to kind of get them in the right mindset. Exactly. And then he said, you know, there's guys like Ryan Shazier who could've, could have rolled up to the parking lot, you know, and played in front of 10 people on concrete and would have still been, you know, going crazy and fired up and motivated. I think – Guys like Stefan Tewitt are even more important in this setting. Um, guys like Marquise Pouncey on the offensive side of the football. You know, guys who with just one play, with just one action, with just one sentence or, or, or one little short speech can kind of get that juice going, manufacture that energy that, I mean, let's face it, is missing without the fans there, certainly. Guys like that, I think particularly on defense in big moments like that, that that's going to be big here throughout the season.
2: I think you're exactly correct. You know, I will say this. I go I go back to, um, you know, what Coach Noel always used to say. He always say, don't play on emotion. He said, emotion is too variable. It's up and down. Some guys are front runners. Some guys are, you know, they, they're crawling from the back, you know. He says, you got to play with enthusiasm because hmm. enthusiasm is self-generated. It's what you want to bring. It's what you want to be. You know, he said, I can always, one of the things, I love what he said, I can always, you, you can always see somebody's talent. In the positions they're playing, hmm. but you always see somebody's desire when they play special teams, and I was like, "I like that." That was pretty serious, you know. Because I mean, that makes sense. It does because there's a guy out there, Chase Claypool, who exhibits that yes. very thing. And for Coach Noel, it's all about the self desire you have to excel. And that's, that's where it's at, and that's what these guys yeah. got to overcome.
1: I love that enthusiasm over emotion, right? Because enthusiasm is yes. always there. Emotion can betray you sometimes. You Absolutely. can you can redline. You can go too far if you let those emotions get the best of you. Right. I, I, I love that. Absolutely. That's great stuff. And, and speaking of Chase Claypool, uh, let's talk a little bit about the offense here on the other side. I thought he had a great performance. Uh, we got to talk about that. I got to talk about that offensive line with you, Wolf. Absolutely. DeCastro's back, and I thought Chooks looked outstanding. Uh, and how about the emergence of Eric Ebron and Anthony McCarthy? McFarland. We'll get to all of that here as we roll along. Also taking your calls, 412-919-1316. You are in the locker room. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Wesley Euler in for Tunch Oaken today on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
0: The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck
1: of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Uh, Jacob, spinning the tunes on this boss Tuesday. (laughs) I love it. Uh, We've got some developing news here, Wolfman. Just coming across the timeline here about four minutes ago, uh, NFL Network announcing that the Tennessee Titans, mind you, the Steelers' next opponent on this upcoming Sunday, have had three players and five personnels test positive for COVID-19. So both the Titans and the Vikings, who are the team that they played this past Sunday, suspending in-person activities for the day. Wolf, I don't know what the protocols are for this, mm. but I mean... Uh, I'll take a four. I'll take a 4 victory this Sunday for the Steelers, right? Four and zero, and no chance at injury or anything. Extra bye week. All right, let's take it. You know, based on this fact, I got
2: to tell you something. You know, whenever we went to Nashville, my, the first thing I, Chalucha, I love it there. Chalucha and I, we head to Main Street because there's barbecue everywhere. Yep, I love it there. As you can see, I got I had a T-shirt I'm wearing. I found Blowing Smoke Ooh. Barbecue in Cecil. Let me tell you something. It is the cat's meow all right it is it is, the cat's is oh my goodness you want to talk about getting meatified? i mean that is absolutely the best place for barbecue and since i'm gonna to have to go back there because if i can't go to nashville to get the barbecue <laughs> get you know for the game because we can't travel with the team oh i don't know but I, I will tell you this that was i was there last sunday man that was just i just i you talk about like i went and had a belly full of meat and then a fell asleep yep you know nice little
1: nap afterwards you can't (laughs) help
2: it you know you just get all groggified from too much meat.
1: that's uh that's become my new hobby this this past summer so with you know with the covid world and a lot of the stuff you know my my wife and i had some things planned this summer vacation wise and trips that got canceled because because of all the stuff going on so i got around uh would have been what it would have been memorial day weekend late may I got, you know, a refund back from like some hotel rooms and some concert tickets and stuff like that that we had purchased that, you know, the events got canceled. I went out and I bought a smoker. (laughs) <laughs> back in may so the last four months wolf i kind of you know i'm fancying myself a little bit of a pit master here back, all right I got, you. I, I got the pulled pork down all i got right. the chicken down right ribs i'm getting close to perfection brisket i'm getting there but the thing you also got to do
2: is you got to find the sauce The sauce is key you know you got to get the sauce let me is tell key you, they got a secret sauce over there Ooh. blown smoke barbecue let me tell you something baby <laughs> that's you get more meat Meat per per square inch on your plate there. <laughs>
1: Anyhow, love it. Lots so. of smoke to blow with this Steelers offensive line, yes. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, David DeCastro back. I think you saw and and all credit to Kevin Dotson. He came in. He performed nicely. I don't think there was ever a time that any of us were worried about his in game performance. I think that's a testament to him. You know, at times I think you could almost forget that there was a rookie guard in there when when he was playing. And I Are mean, you talking about Kevin about Kevin. I mean that in a good way. But it was nice to see David DeCastro back. Certainly, you can you can tell the difference of having sixty six out there.
2: There's no question about it. And, and for everybody that uh, is all hyped up on Kevin Dotson, which I'm one of them, I'm That's, thrilled. Keep
1: that same, that yeah. Same keep energy. that hype because yeah. he's, uh,
2: you know, God willing everything being equal, he stays healthy. He's going to be around here a long time, yes. doing great things yes. for many many years to come. Uh, let's not forget who Dave DeCastro is. He's a multiple Pro Bowl. All Pro, uh-huh. uh, first team All Pro guy. Uh, that's if you are Chooks and you're facing J.J. Watt, the three time NFL Defensive Ooh. MVP. Um, you know, you sit there and you go, uh, you know, if I, I I need a little security here uh, for my whoopee, I want <laughs> Dave DeCastro, <laughs> a multiple Pro Bowler, all you know, All Pro. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Dave is multiple times All Pro and Pro Bowl because he's that good. Yep. So let's not confuse. Uh, an up a very promising up and coming young rookie who I absolutely love uh in Kevin Dotson but Dave DeCastro is who he is and let's he's, not forget who, who's who's better He's been
1: arguably the best yes. guard in the NFL this past decade for a reason Yeah thank you <laughs> Um and you you mentioned Chooks there as well too I want to talk about his performance I don't know if you saw this stat but since 2012 right before Sunday 98 games JJ Watt had played Only three of those he had not registered a sack, a tackle for loss, or a QB hit. Sunday was his fourth in only 99 games. I mean, think about how rare that is, and Chooks was able to do that just in what's been kind of a crazy three weeks where he thought he lost the starting job, and then Zach goes down, and he's back in. There was a lot of talk about his performance against Von Miller and how great he was against those guys, what would have been, what, last year, correct? Um, Man, to do that to J.J. Watt, a guy who's three-time NFL defensive player of the year, a guy who's a future Hall of Famer, only for the fourth time in 99 career NFL games that he didn't have a sack, a tackle for loss, or a QB hit. I think that speaks great to what Chooks was able to accomplish on Sunday.
2: First of all, uh, I salute the J.J. Watt just because that's a testament to his greatness. <laughs> that's and his that's an incredible stat. It, it, is. I mean, it really is. <laughs> is. And then it's, it's also a testament to the fact that Chooks did a great job I think that uh, they were they helped him a little bit at, at needed times, but let, let me tell you, you can try to cover up for a, a weak offensive tackle, guard, whatever center at some, you know as much as you can, but at some point in time you got to stand alone. There's going to be times you got to stand alone, and and Chooks did a terrific job. I I worry about him and sometimes his hands he carries so low, mm-hmm. um, that's a that's a little bit of a problem. But his he's so athletic, he's so strong, 6'6", 320 pounds. I am excited to see him grab the bull by the horns and and start to excel and plant himself there. You know, and I felt felt the same way about Zach Banner. I know what it's like to be a young guy. I know what it's like to come to a veteran line and be the guy, and also probably be responsible. Anytime something bad went wrong, they they put the finger on you immediately. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But the fact is, yeah, both of these guys, both Zach and Chooks, have an excellent future, and you want to see it start to come together.
1: Yeah, being an offensive lineman is kind of like being a cornerback in that regard, right? You, ninety nine percent of the time you can do the right thing and you're not getting much credit, but the one time you get beat, everybody piles on. No question the about op- it. The optics of getting beat just one time are not great. But the best thing about
2: it is it's, it doesn't usually result in six. If you. That's, just, that's right. Sometimes it does. It's a terrible moment when it does, but um you know you're not out there you know all alone is uh you know one on one mono y mono as far as you know down the field 60 yards and and you know i mean who would you like to have been chasing chase claypool for 84 yards oh, there
1: absolutely not and you know what i loved about that too 58 air yards on that pass from big ben
2: now, so see, an 84-yard the, touchdown pass. This is but the new 50, Young Bucks. You are, you're part of the Young Turks. They come 58
0: up, of those who, yards who, who through the air. Who comes there and says
1: 58 through well, that the air? Just it's 84. All those, but all, I mean, all those concerns but about Ben's, Ben's elbow strength. He, 84. He threw that thing 58 yards downfield on
2: a dime, baby. 84. That's all I know. <laughs> and now you come up with a stat like that. That's what being a Young Turk is, the new millennial air stats. Yards. You know, that's, oh, yeah. like,
1: that's one of the things that, you know, people who want to detract from Drew Brees or Tom Brady, they'll say, Oh, they never throw for any air yards. You know, all their passes are seven yard passes. Air yards, air—you know, Patrick Mahomes—he throws for air yards down the field, baby. <laughs> At least you got
2: Patrick right.
1: <laughs> nice one, Patrick. Let's uh, let's go to the phone lines here, Wolf. We got a, we got them stacking up. Uh, let's go to Washington and talk to our buddy Mojo Al. Mojo, what's happening?
4: Yes, sir. Uh, Wolf, I need to get on you because uh, when our, you guys are honoring the Dirty Dozen and that that you should automatically put in the mojo because (laughs) who's the mojo leader. Every time you honor somebody, you better mention the mojo and the sword. Absolutely. You know, I I also don't get to call in too often, but I missed out out to tell you guys good thing I didn't have practice. Uh, I'm the guy in the wheelchair now, but I did the martial arts. And my sensei is a sixty degree black belt with right. the tempo, and he's a big Broncos guy. Oh no! And he had, he had three rules to be get a, get a black belt underneath him, and any of his uh, black belts knew this: you have to love Bob Dylan, you have to love He <laughs> love those two, and you have to love the Broncos. <laughs> well. I didn't know if I didn't know if I liked that one. So I don't but think I you know, can do that. Two,
1: Al. Two, two out of three ain't bad. I, I, two out, I, yes,
4: I, 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 two of the three I love, but when I was around him, I was a Broncos fan. <laughs> as, as, as you know, he's tougher than me. But uh, I just want to say hi. And let you know I listen all the time, but I don't get to call and I don't get to watch. But uh, I, the only time I get to only time I get to hear listen is when. Uh, you guys are on because I am up on the West Coast and I get to watch the Seahawks and I have Russell Wilson in my fantasy. <laughs> Very other good. That, uh, other than that, I, I listen to you guys. So you guys are my eyes and ears. So I want to let you know I'm on the line. So you better remember <laughs> the Mojanator
2: out there. I got gotcha, you. <laughs> I got <gotcha>, you, <Mojonelle. laughs> Mojo Ale. The- Mojo Ale, much
1: love to you, brother. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. you uh, checking in early from the West Coast.
4: Yes, sir. I want to beat the Chicago guy in
1: <laughs> the Dirty
2: Dozen and the Mojinators. Right. Yep, here we go. Yeah, that's and,
1: and right. Then, and then we and then we can't lose or see we got to beat
4: the Titans or it doesn't it doesn't do any good to beat the uh, the Lorette Birds loss if we don't that's beat right. the Titans. That's so right. We got to beat the Titans. Very oh, good, thank you fellas. And I'll, I'll keep listening and may the Lord be with us all. God thank bless you, Mojo. You, we
1: appreciate it. Hey, the only thing better than three and and0 4-0. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's keep stacking those wins. <laughs> uh, let's take one more here. Let's go down to uh, to Florida and talk to Dano. Dano, what's happening?
5: Gentlemen, how are you this morning?
0: Fantastic. Fabulous.
5: Good. Hey, uh, guys, if you could just give me a moment, I would like to uh, make a public apology to a gentleman that called in yesterday, uh, Eddie from uh, Virginia Beach. Uh just wanted to let him know that um, – I'm sorry, but I did not mean to uh, demean his uh, trivia question yesterday and try to correct him. Uh, thought about it, listened to the recap yesterday of yesterday's pod, uh, podcast, and uh, I just really felt bad oh. that I did that. And so I just, like I said, uh, Eddie in Virginia Beach, if you're listening, sir, I am very sorry if you took it the wrong way. Because it was not
2: meant to be that way. Well, Dano, thank you. And I appreciate the fact I didn't think anything was all that bad. I screwed up the one segment so bad I had everybody's name wrong and I was to you Wolf,
5: because I had you going Nathaniel from California. And,
2: uh, I was dizzy. Uh, I was, Dano, I was oh, dizzy yeah. by the time we finished that segment. I'm like, oh what in the world just <laughs> happened?
5: the the only name that you missed was CR from Chicago that was the only <laughs> other than that you had me named by everybody in the dirty dozen so but i, I like i said i just I, I wanted to call in i just it was weighing on my heart and i just wanted to call and apologize to him and uh i hope that he calls in more often it was a very good call in but i don't want to discourage him and like i said by no means or any stretch of the imagination that i mean to Demean his his trivia
2: question. Thank so, you, Dano. I appreciate uh, it. And as usual, you know, it's me, the walking concussion that <laughs> really screwed the whole thing up, though. <laughs> uh, one
5: one last thing before yes. I let you go: Are you guys interviewing anybody this week? And if you are, who?
2: We don't have anybody lined up yet. There was uh, we had a bunch of issues come up we had to take care of, so unfortunately, we haven't been able. Because again, we had we might even replay the Aaron Smith interview just because awesome. you awesome. know aaron's awesome. just such a fabulous guy you know and it was a great yes, interview yes. so but we'll yes. try we will effort more people that's for <laughs> sure all okay, right brother you go,
0: thank uh, you
5: view, uh world and the <laughs>
0: uh, you have a good <laughs> yeah you.
1: now oh, we're yeah. talking yeah. down <laughs> <laughs> God bless you both. Thank you. God bless. Thank brother. you. You as well. I appreciate that. And hey, anytime someone calls or or does anything to apologize, I think that always says a lot. It takes it takes a it takes a big man to apologize or to especially publicly to admit when they think they did something sure. wrong.
2: And here's the old thing about it. This is uh, the the Steelers Nation Unite format. This is for all the fans. That's right. This is uh, where you get your mojo. This is where you you talk all things Steeler related and you have a great time. And it's a big family is it what is. it is.
1: Absolutely. From from Western Pennsylvania to the West Coast, you know, we had Mojo Al in Absolutely. Washington. We get M- Moats and I get tweets and callers from Portugal, from Mexico, from Denmark. It's it's awesome. We to, had
2: some from Uzbekistan one time.
1: Really? Yeah. It's awesome That's to have this. That's a long this. ways away.
2: I don't know where it is, but it's a long
1: ways over there. I, I think it's easy for us to kind of take that for granted, but it is awesome to have this, this Steelers Nation radio, this Steelers Nation Unite family from all over the place.
0: It's a privilege. It is. There's, there's only four teams
1: in now. the NFL that have – uh full-time radio stations year-round Steelers Seahawks Cowboys
2: I think the Bills do
1: maybe the Bill the Bills might be the other one okay that's it one of four and we were the first ones here by the way at at SNR and it is it's it's certainly a community and uh it's a lot of fun it's a privilege to to be a part of to to share the microphone with Craig Wolfley well that's that's no,
2: that's my
1: privilege no. to hang out with you, bud. Now stop it. I've told you I've told you the stories before, but this is the truth. When I was a kid growing up, going Uh-oh. to church, okay. So I played hockey growing up. That was that oh, yeah. was my sport growing up. So a lot of times Saturdays and Sunday mornings, you know, we'd have early hockey games, you know, like eight AM hockey games. And so my family would go to late church. We'd go to like the eleven o'clock or the eleven thirty service. Right so it would get to be 12 30 when the service was over and my parents are still hobnobbing with all their friends in church and i'd be like give me the car keys and i'd go out. i'd go out to the car and i'd listen to billy tunch and wolf 12 13 14 15 years old i'd sit in the car and listen to the first couple drives before my parents would come out and drive me home so this which, is it's a privilege for me to be doing which this.
2: shows that your parents brought you up righteously
1: that's right <laughs> that's right.
2: Tony Critty, Tony
1: Critty on Saturdays. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Tunch Wolf and Billy on Sundays. We're going to take a break here. Uh, on the other side, uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls to see you on the line here. So sit tight there. And also, uh, Troy Palomalu pinned a, let's call it a love letter to Steelers Nation yesterday. It was pretty, very cool. Pretty cool. We will discuss uh, number 43 as well on the other side. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Wesley Euler. And you're in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
0: Tunchin Wolf presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunchin Wolf.
1: You know, this works out really well <laughs> because, you know, it's the boss Tuesday here and the guy that we are about to talk about was an absolute boss. Number 43 Troy Polamalu. Uh Wolf, I uh, I'm sure you've got some some unique experiences with Troy, obviously being as close to the team as you are. For me, <laughs> Troy was the last guy, you know, I'm I'm in that weird phase of working around the team that I grew up loving, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And it, right. it, it, it does, it, it changes it a little bit. And I'm sure you, you, you know what I'm talking about. When you're a media person who covers a team, even though you still want the team to do well and you're rooting for the team, you have to also kind of a lot of times, put your fandom aside, right? And just kind of call it how you see it. You can try. You can try, yeah. (laughs) Some of us do better jobs or worse jobs than others. Um, Troy Polamalu, for me, was kind of the – one of the last guys I think that I was just a pure, absolute 100% fan of. I was a freshman in high school when the Steelers won Super Bowl forty. I was a senior in high school when they won Super Bowl forty three. I grew up with Troy Palomalu. It's number 43 jersey in my closet is the last right. the last Steelers jersey I've purchased. It, it might be the last Steelers jersey I purchased for the rest of my life, because I don't know if I'll ever need to to wear another jersey than number 43. Uh just what this guy has meant to to Steelers Nation all over the place. He is in an organization that has dozens and dozens of beloved icons, yeah. he's he's towards the top of that list.
2: He truly is, you know, and one of the things that I so appreciated about Troy. And uh, he, I, people talk, have talked about it, but, you know, he used to show up at Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. you know, on Fridays and a hoodie and everything else. And he just did that on his own because he wanted to bring love and joy to other people, and the kids especially. And so to have that heart of gold like he had was – I thought it was very special. And you'd see him – oh, we'd be in the uh, – like um, they would have uh, some, some – uh, Folks who had special needs that mm-hmm. would come to practice every now and then, and Troy, without fail, would make his way over there just to spend a few moments, like talking to. And you know, when he if if somebody was in a wheelchair, I, I remember one time he he actually like he got down on their level because he would look face right. to face, and he would not stand over me, right, but it would be down on that level and. And uh, just share things. And I, I thought, man, that there's a guy who really understands that strength is for service. And the strength that God gives you to do your job, to um, be, be a great athlete, a great player, a great teammate, um, exists also uh, in that you give that that strength to others who are, are less than fortunate. Mm-hmm. And I, I always appreciated the way he went so carefully out of his way To include others, Uh, the the man's a magnificent man, and um, I know that we can sit here and and throw a lot of platitudes, and he would be the first to go. Would you come out? Stop! All right, but uh, you have to—the special appreciation you have when you watch him in the moments when no one's watching but you. You know, then you see how special that man is.
1: You talked about multipliers earlier on in the show on the football field, and certainly in Southern California and here in Pittsburgh. I mean, Troy Polamalu defines that. Yes, absolutely. And he is a guy, Wolf, who quiet, you know, he he doesn't come out and speak a lot. He he keeps to himself. Even when he was with the Steelers, he wasn't a, he's kind of a screamer. He, he, yeah. He, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't somebody who was and it was a different time, you know, but he, he he's never been really a big, huge social media guy. He, you know, doing a ton of interviews uh, on TV shows, things like that. He just kind of always kept to himself played football. um, But I think when he does speak or when he puts something out there, it's always really heartfelt. It's always very poignant. So he took to his uh, social media accounts yesterday, Wolf, and released a little open letter, if you will, uh, about being a Pittsburgh Steeler, what that means. And uh, and just kind of talking about being selected to the Hall of Honor. It's I don't want to say he's broken his silence because it's not like we haven't heard from Troy Polamalu since he retired. But again, a guy who just doesn't speak out all that often. So I wanted to take, you know, this might take me three, four minutes here to read, but I think it's worth the time. So here's what Troy Polamalu had to say. A Pittsburgh Steeler. People find it hard to believe that the first NFL game I actually watched was the first NFL game I played in. I was not a fan so much of the fandom that surrounds the game, the National Football League, college football, or football in general. I truly enjoyed playing the game. I enjoyed practicing more than playing on Sundays. Practice reminded me of Turkey Bowl games against my friends in elementary school. They reminded me of playing one-on-one tackle football against my older brother on our lawn in Southern California. He would turn on the sprinklers, sprinklers to resemble Muddy Soldier Field, me being Walter Payton, jumping over him the opposing defense. I would emulate sweetness, jumping over the goal line, and my brother would launch me even further into the air, reaching heights even Coach LeBeau wouldn't approve. <laughs> Practices for me at St. Vincent and Southside were similar, fun, and stress-free. Well, I think he's speaking for himself. There, Wolf. <laughs> yes. When first accepting the call from the 412 area code, my excitement led me to the auto mall, hoping to purchase a Range Rover. My agent Marvin Demoff explained to me that when you go to Pittsburgh, you don't show up in a BMW; you show up in a pickup truck. <laughs> I'll further explain my ignorance when one of my best friends, Aaron, had to explain to me that I wasn't playing at Three Rivers Stadium but Heinz Field, and that Jerome Bettis is a future Hall of Famer and to watch out for Heinz Ward, who is the baddest man in the NFL, (laughs) which I found out at our first full padded practice when I tried to sneak a shot at him on a run play, only for Heinz to snatch me up (laughs) when my legs loosened while giving me his classic grin and saying, I'm not like everybody else, (laughs) no doubt. (laughs) These guys and many others were... Uh, Not teammates to me. They were truly brothers. When I had a night out with the guys, like the Secret Service, I was so protected, nobody would dare approach me. I was everyone's little brother protected in every way. My first encounter with my roommate and brother, Ike, has been covered, and he explains it best. Let's just say, as a pro athlete who expected presidential suite accommodations, (laughs) didn't expect to walk into a hotel room with him doing butt-naked sit-ups in a small twin bed. (laughs)
2: That's a, that's a little FYI, too much information. TMI
1: there, Troy. TMI. The first of many crazy and amazing memories me and Ike have together. We were drafted and ended our careers together. Uh, these meager accommodations were a sign of what to expect of the culture and environment that we would have for the next 12 years together. I was very blessed to have a locker room next to Jerome Bettis until he retired, I'm sure by design. I doubt anyone could have asked for a better person to school me to the game than Jerome. His life experiences and knowledge of the game was a language I was accustomed to from my older brothers, cousins and uncles. Mike Logan, the starting safety my rookie year that would that many predicted I would replace, of course being a first round draft pick, shared his full knowledge of the game. He showed a level of humility I struggled to emulate throughout my career. Likewise, many other teammates having negative impact on their personal future would do the same for in coming players. Joey Porter, my early years, was without a doubt our fearless leader, fearless and authentic in every way. I was aligned next to him when an opponent tush- tush- talked trash for him, uh, only for Joey to see the same person at a craps table in Las Vegas to confront and fight him. In Las Vegas at a craps table. It reminded me of Joe Green's no-nonsense attitude when confronted. It, w- <laughs> it was my thought process when an opponent stood over me in a game and we were losing, thinking I'll lose all the respect of Steelers legends if they see me do nothing when a rival opponent stands over me. I was not angry in any way. I was just making sure I earned my place to eternally represent the black and gold. Something any great stealer would never allow without appropriate retaliation. After Joey, James Ferrier would emulate emulate the Jack Hams and Jack Lamberts, the quiet, no-nonsense professional. James would be our ringleader in an all-night beret games, off-season get-togethers, and the calm during two-minute defense. My rookie year was a bust. I couldn't make a play of any significance. I recall leading, or I recall reading—pardon me—the newspaper early in the season, uh, and it calling me a first-round bust. I vowed not to read any sports column in the future. Ryan Clark uh, challenged current team captain Cam Hayward in a similar way. Cam, without a doubt, has carried on our Steelers legacy since. During the last game of my rookie season, Mr. Dan Rooney approached me and said, "Don't pay any attention to what they're saying about you. I think you're doing fine." My reaction was, "Mr. Rooney, they're still talking bad about me." Papa Rooney said to me after my last game, uh, before I retired, something very similar. Joe Green is without a doubt the greatest player in NFL history. As the saying goes, the best player on the best team is the MVP. Joe Green is the best player from the most successful organization in NFL history. He was a part of every Super Bowl the Steelers have ever won as a player and front office executive. When scouting future Steelers, the scouting department was excited by a certain prospect. However, when Joe Green scouted him, He would not approve because his reaction when an opponent slapped this prospect in the face. (laughs) Times have changed, however, as Coach Tomlin often says, the standard is still the standard. Coach Cower would teach us to embrace misery, especially from uncontrollable environment factors. More often, it was the humid summers and cold winters. Weather would never be a factor. We found joy when teams forced us to wear black early in the season, hoping the heat would fatigue us. We found joy on sloppy, muddy fields in the fall, and especially with below zero bone-chilling wind late in the winter. We lived it, we practiced it, and reawakened our childhood passions on game days in it. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. This legacy is passed down in the locker room from Joe Green and now to the Cam Haywards and TJ Watts. To a band of brothers that are closely tied to things deeper than money, business, and winning. To be a stealer is to consider others before you consider yourself, to protect your brother even from himself, to give support even at your expense when wearing black and gold, when wearing the black and gold suit of armor, and make sure nobody desecrates or disrespects it. Most importantly, we ourselves don't dishonor it. One of the best sayings I ever heard from previous legends who have donned the black and gold is, you could have played with us. What I truly appreciate about the Steeler Way is that at its core, it's the success of a family. The core of our success is culture based on essential virtues, and uh, essential virtues any person respects and honors humility, passion, resilience, and legacy. When I showed up to my first day in my new, <laughs> my brand new Range Rover, I was a Trojan from Los Angeles before I became a Steeler. I never thought Pittsburgh would be my home. In fact, I called my agent Marvin during my pre-draft visit to Pittsburgh on a dreary, cold, and rainy night, asking to make sure I never go back. Now I'm blessed to be in the Hall of Honor, confirmation that enduring the struggles to emulate players before me is worthwhile. Thank yins, Troy Polamalu. Wolf, I love that. That's I don't know. Amazing. How, I don't know how that can't give you goosebumps reading that from Troy Palomar. You know, it's just said from the heart. If you know Troy at all, you
2: realize that he's just talking from his heart. Yeah. And I have so appreciated what he had to say because what he talked about to be part of that brotherhood, to have uh as Mr. Rooney said, once a stealer, always a stealer. That's part of the family and the legacy that it continues to this day. It's a it's a beautiful feeling.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Real heartfelt words there from Troy. Uh, you love seeing that. And uh, again, if you, if you want to read that, if you want to see the full post, um he put it up on his Twitter account, his Instagram account, his Facebook account. You can find that there. We're going to take our uh, last break. Funny. I couldn't find <laughs> it. You had to send it to me. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, baby. Uh we're going to take our last break of the first hour here. On the other side, we will talk to uh, Bob labriolo of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. We'll get his thoughts on Troy Paulamalu and uh in the 3 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers. All that on the table for the second hour. Wesley Euler in for Tunchokin with Craig Wolfley. You're in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh. And
0: You're in the locker room with Tunchin Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunchin Wolf.
1: Back inside the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. We go to the phone lines now. Uh, We have got Bob Labriola of Steelers.com and the Steelers Digest here with us on the show. And we've got some big news happening across the National Football League. The Tennessee Titans, uh, with some players and personnel testing positive, uh, have shut down operations for the rest of the week. And I believe, Labs, uh, that you have a statement on all of this.
6: Yeah, the the NFL and the uh, NFLPA, the Players Association, has issued a joint statement on the Titans and Vikings facilities, and I'll just read it. Uh, It begins this way. On Tuesday morning, the Titans' COVID testing results returned three new player positives and five new personnel positives. The Titans will suspend in-person club activities starting today. Likewise the Vikings who played the Titans on Sunday will also suspend in-person club activities. Both clubs are working closely with the NFL and the NFLPA, including our infectious disease experts to evaluate close contacts, perform additional testings, and monitor developments. All decisions will be made with health and safety as our primary consideration. We will continue to share updates as more information becomes available. So what, you know, just to translate, um, you know, they're um, shutting down uh, the Titans and the Vikings, the Steelers play the Titans on Sunday. Um, If they're shutting down the Titans, I can't imagine, this is just me talking now here, please understand this. Right. If they're shutting down the Titans, I cannot imagine a realistic scenario where they would force them to play on Sunday, nor could I imagine a realistic scenario where they would put the Steelers uh, and the Texans, because the Texans are playing the Vikings, uh, those two teams at risk. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, you know, maybe this is, you know, I, I would imagine just the way the league has been handling all of this. Uh, they've been very strict with protocols and very safety conscious. Um, I, you know, you're asking me if there are going to be a game Sunday. <laughs> I have no idea. I would say no if you made me guess, uh, and I would imagine that's two games that won't be played. Will they be made up? I don't know. And a thousand other questions related to all of this. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I mean, I just just based on the way the league has been so strict um, in getting to this point on time. By the way, which I, I thought was very commendable. Um, I, you know, I can't imagine them uh, uh, deviating from that strict. Um, Policy. So,
2: stay tuned,
6: is all I got for you right now.
2: Labs, I remember, I believe it was Goodell, came out with a statement before, you know, when we were in phase one or two or whatever it was. I don't know. But talking about uh, the possibility that you would have situations like this and that they would proceed with some, you know, beforehand uh, agreed upon measures should some teams not be able to fill out. The entire schedule of so or so. I, 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 I can't believe this is blindsiding anybody. I would think that the, they have some, as it were, protocols to adhere to in um, and, and this whole scenario. I'm sure that they've walked through this, at least in, you know, war room games uh, prior to the season. Under, yeah, um, I, would, I would
6: imagine that, too. Um, you know, again, though, the only thing I'm thinking about is just based on the way that they have conducted themselves to this part, right? You know, I would think it would be, you know, uh, erring on the side of extreme caution. You know, heavy-handed to use a a phrase, um, and that's why you know, as I said, I know nothing. Um, There's right. been no decision made that I know of. But if you're asking me what I think, I mean, I, I just can't how does that see happen?
2: Them, yeah,
6: right. I just can't see them playing these games uh, beyond uh the The fairness factor to the two teams that they 're shutting down for the week, the exposure factor to the other two teams that they you know that they 're playing and i, I really don 't know uh you know i't i, I can 't keep up with all of this kind of stuff, whether Tennessee has fans or not um actually you know, I thought ten-
2: they were they were going to open or have been you know allowing a certain number of fans there now wow,
6: yeah, and um so, you know, there's that. I don't know if Tennessee is one of the well, – I, I can't tell you this. I mean, I know um, you have Jerry Dulac on um, at some point in, during the week, but I was right. talking to Jerry uh, at Heinz Field on Sunday, and I was asking him if uh, he was going to Nashville. And he said that Tennessee and Pennsylvania are those states where if you travel from one to the other, you have to uh, quarantine for two weeks.
2: Oh, get out of town. So, really?
6: So he said, you know, he's talking to his bosses and said, you know, this is insane. I'm not going to go to Tennessee because he has been. Tra- well, he did travel to the one one road game. Right. Um, you know, this is this is crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go down to a game to cover a game where I can't, you know, have any face to face with people anyway, and then I got to spend two weeks in quarantine. You know, Jerry's got a family. You know, and all that stuff. Uh, so I, my understanding was he was not going to go to Tennessee because of that quarantine thing. So, with that in place, um, you know, with this statement that I just read, just judging from the way the NFL has handled all of these kinds of things to this point, I would imagine it's going to be very strict uh and no nonsense and yeah. you know, not up for debate as <laughs> things often are that come out of New York. So, um, that's all I got for you right now.
2: All right, did we hear anything about the Vikings? We we heard what you're listed to three players, five personnel people. That was all Titans stuff, right? Yes. Okay. So the, now, but the, oh, go ahead. The
6: Vikings go. played the Titans on Sunday, so they're shutting them down as well.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Texans. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All no, right. No, no. No.
1: The Vikings played the Titans oh, this they, past weekend. Oh, the past so that's week. Why, oh, yes. yeah, Just out okay. of precaution, gotcha. I'm sure, until they can get everybody tested. You know, here's the thing, well. Labs.
2: You wouldn't want wouldn't want me as a director of communications <laughs> for the NFL
1: because
2: <laughs> the enormous amount of misunderstandings that would occur in the context well, of any three-minute message would be ginormous.
6: And let me be fair, too. I mean, I, I have the advantage of seeing this you know, on my screen and reading it. You're just listening to me read it. And I know for myself, I always prefer to read something right. and have it read to <laughs> me in order to understand and retain. So you're not alone in that.
1: In Thank that, you, brother. Uh,
2: well, but, Appreciate uh, that. Let me ask uh, you yeah, this.
1: So just real quick, too, for you guys. I looked it up. Oh. There's no easy bye week solution either. Titans bye week is week seven. Steelers week eight.
2: Okay. Well, that that's going to okay. be something I'm sure, again, that they've thought about this ahead of time. Yeah. We'll see. But, Labs, this does now make it seem a little more, uh, what do you say, intense when you consider uh, the Raiders had some sort of breach of security where somebody was allowed access to the Raiders' locker room and John Gruden says, basically, that was my call, that was my fault, you know, that whoever was avoided security checkpoints along the way. Would you expect them to get a hefty fine now? <laughs>
6: Well, I mean, you know, you, that, that, that's something you, you just can't have. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chucky needs to clean up his act, clean up his his own house, and cut this stuff out. He already got hammered for not wearing the mask, according to regulations. Right. Um, you know, it, again, I, I don't have any say. I don't, you know, and I just think it, it would be a shame for all of the work and the sacrifices that have been made to this point for this all to go up in smoke because of carelessness and arrogance. So, if it was up to me, uh, Chucky would be working for free, maybe for a whole <laughs> month. I'm serious. I no, mean,
2: I I understand. Yeah. I think you're making a great point because, you know, there there comes with frequency and repetition lacks you know a lax attitude maybe a lessening of the you know intensity of maintaining certain protocols and that's one of the things I think this league has to guard against because as you said so very well they've gone to extraordinary lengths to create something uh that everybody said couldn't happen based on taking a look at what major league baseball went through
6: yeah and you know and and let me let me throw this out there too um You know, I don't believe, again, I don't know anything, but I don't believe that there is going to be a, oh, we just won't play this game, you know, we'll move on as scheduled. Right, only play a
1: 15-game season, yeah.
6: Right. I really think that, you know, there's going to be some things that, um, you know, are are either worked out or figured out or whatever. Um, You know, this could end up screwing the Steelers, too. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, that's true
1: and and labs, I'm assuming right you haven't heard anything I, i'm I'm sure it's just a whenever they make a decision, they make a decision. there's no real kind of timetable for when we at least will know what's happening on sunday
6: I, I, I mean <laughs> I would imagine that um the longer the um the the time frame goes without an announcement
0: that's bad news. The more
6: likely it is that the game is off, yeah right now whether they um you know, make us make the Steelers move the uh, the bye week. Um, you know, from what it was to another one. Um, whether, whether they make, you know, I, you know, again, I, there, there's all kinds of. I, as I said, I just don't think they're going to say, "Yeah, well, we're not going to play that. We'll just let those uh, four teams play 15 games. and We'll work it out, you know, percentage-wise um, or forfeit." which would be okay with me, but <laughs> they, they didn't have my opinion. No, us, too. Um, um, but, um, you know, so there, there's – that, and that's the other thing about this that is, you know, unfortunate slash honks me off is that, you know, someone else's negligence or carelessness mm-hmm. could actually impact this team. That's Steelers, true. And they didn't do anything to deserve that. However, you know, again, and this was before – The season even started. Um, You know, I've been talking, I was talking at the time to, you know, a couple of fairly influential national NFL uh, media type people and they both said that um, Roger will have a season. He he has kind of got the message out to some of his people he will have a season. There will be a Super Bowl and there will be a trophy presentation. And, Whatever else, you know, he doesn't want to hear, well, this isn't fair to us, or we didn't get this, or we had to be on the road for, you know, none of that matters as as much as, you know, getting this done and having a season with a championship. So, you know, um, so that's why when I say things could end up happening that are unfair to a lot of innocent bystanders. And, you know, as I said, that's unfortunate. And, you know, if Oakland uh, and and some other teams are not handling their business with the seriousness that it requires, then, um, again, I'm not in charge. But if I were, uh, there would be serious, serious uh, consequences um, for that.
2: Wow. Labs, okay, so
6: (laughs) –
2: Wow. So, whoa, what do
1: you think of that running game? <laughs> <laughs> so, David DeCastro looks fantastic, huh?
2: Chooks. How about the job he did on JJ J. Watt? I mean, this is like so out of the Bam, yep. like right in the, in the nose, and you're like going, uh, you know, one of the things that that, that
6: that's, first that's that's what this that's what this situation is. Yeah, it I is. Mean,
2: it's a punch because, right in the schnoz, man.
6: Well, and and when people ask me, you know, um, are they gonna? What, what, what's it going to be like in a month or two months from now? Ooh. I always say, think about two months ago. Yeah. And how much has it changed from then to now? So if it changes that much from now to then, when you're asking me, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, there isn't any um, clean, easily progression of this, and uh, what we expect or what we know. I mean, guys with you know lots of uh, letters after their last name. Because of all the time they spend in schools, <laughs> don't know. This is this is new to the, the you know mankind. Yeah. And so, um, trying to predict uh, what's going to happen, uh, you know, I, I just can't. Um, and and the NFL they continue to say that they are going to conduct themselves with you know according to you know the health experts and this Dr. Alan Sills. I'm sure he is a very serious individual. Um, and if he says no, it's going to be no. So then how that works out right. after that, like you said, Wolf, I would imagine they've had some brainstorming sessions, um, you know, with some people with, you know, pretty high W-2 form <laughs> in, a, in a room, you know, talking this stuff up. And I don't know. I mean, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. But, you know, this, this kind of is it's disappointing to me personally it 's disappointing, yeah. right, because i I was just so um, impressed, you know, and I ripped the league a lot for the officiating and you know that kind of stuff, but the way that the league planned this out and handled it, I thought was just really exemplary, um, you know no bubble because you can 't do that with that many people for that long. Um, just a lot of hard work by a lot of people, a lot of sacrifices by a lot of people, players, I'm sure, with families and how they've had to navigate all of this. I mean, you know, again, uh, as Hines would say, you've got to take your hat off and hand it to them. <laughs> the way that they um, got to this point. And now if it is carelessness, and I don't know that it is, but if it is carelessness or arrogance, um, you know, that's a shame. Absolutely.
2: And, uh, Hey, Lebs, let me just cut breaking because we got less than two minutes, but would you reread the statement because just in conclusion, uh, kind of reiterating the whole thing just for some people that might have just tuned in.
6: Okay. This is the NFL NFLPA statement on the Titans and the Vikings facilities, and it, it was emailed out maybe five minutes before you brought me on the air. Okay. On Tuesday morning, the Titans COVID testing results return three new player positives and five new personnel positives. The Titans will suspend in-person club activities starting today. Likewise, the Vikings, who played the Titans on Sunday, will also suspend in-person club activities. Both clubs are working closely with the NFL and the NFLPA, including our infectious disease experts, to evaluate close contacts, perform additional testing, and monitor developments. All decisions will be made with health and safety as our primary consideration. We will continue to share updates as more information becomes available. Now... You know, just a couple of things. the the, the money The money uh, sentence to me. All decisions will be made with health and safety mm-hmm. as our primary consideration. Right. And if it's unfair to you, too bad. Yep. I added that last part. <laughs> that's really not there, but that's that's what it is. If it's unfair to you or your favorite team or whatever it is, too bad. We're doing this, and we're going to continue to do this. So.
0: There
2: we are. Thank you very <laughs> much, labs. La- labs. Nobody can add on a piece like you can, brother. Right. That was
1: nice. Uh, you know, earlier today I thought we'd be talking to you about the run game and about Chooks and DeCastro right. and the defense and Troy wow. Palomalu's love letter, but now we're, uh, you know, we're talking about the pandemics. Isn't that wow. 2020 in a uh, nutshell? We you hate to see that, Labs. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, brother. Okay, fellas, take Alrighty. it easy. <sighs> Man, that's. Uh, Not exactly the most optimistic ruling. No,
2: and it came to labs just minutes before he came on the air, and I certainly appreciate him being able to disseminate that information to us. Uh, You just look at this and you go, God, Zooks, man, we just got on a roll.
1: I know, And, and, and Calvin tweets here and says, you know, reminder that the CDC guidelines are that if you've been contacted, you're supposed to quarantine for 14 days. I mean, if if that happens, then, right, that doesn't just affect the Titans and the Vikings for this weekend and their opponents. It affects the Titans and the Vikings and their opponents for two weeks.
2: Oh, boy. All right.
1: Well, let's go to break here and uh, we'll have some more optimism on the other side. This is not, you know, this is not how we operate. Like this is the weird, you know, when I was in college and I'm sure when you got out of the NFL and you started doing this for a living, I don't think we'd ever thought we'd be here on Steelers Nation Radio talking about pandemics.
2: Nobody ever realized <laughs> that uh, COVID-19 would be a crazy train of the year.
1: But we will do our best to navigate it. We'll get you on the phone lines as well. 412 919 Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler in Fort Tunchilk and you are in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
0: Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: Well, Mike Tomlin's press conference coming up here in about 35 minutes or so just got a little more interesting with the news of the Titans and the Vikings suspending activities for the week. Thanks to Bob Labriola for joining us in the last segment to break some of that down. There has been a solution floated here, Wolf. Okay. Um, From CBS Sports saying that if the Steelers-Titans has to be postponed this weekend, there is a relatively easy fix. The Titans have their bye in week seven. The Steelers-bye isn't until week eight, which we talked about with Labs there in the last segment. However, the Steelers play the Ravens in week seven, and Baltimore also has a week eight bye. So all you would have to do is move Steelers-Titans to week seven, Steelers-Ravens to week eight, and then this weekend becomes the Steelers-bye week. That seems like a lot of moving parts and maybe a little, little hopeful, but I would maybe, like Lab said, rather see something like that than them end up only playing 15 games.
2: Or the fact that you uh, get the forfeit.
0: <laughs>
1: that too. I mean, we you know, all We'll take the, that. Here's the we'll whole thing that. about it. You know, I,
2: when people ask me about an offensive line, you don't move two guys to solve one, one problem. Uh, I, you know, to me, that's kind of like doing mm-hmm. two things and then you're going to have unintended consequences yeah. somehow. I would think, you know I mean? It's just from a simple mind of the simple guy that I am, that's a bit complex to be moving a lot of, that lot is a of,
1: lot of moving parts, that's
2: moving a lot of cheddar around.
1: That is certainly we've, uh, we've had some guys hanging on the line here for a while. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. 412-919-1316. If you want to chime in, let's go out to Kansas and talk to Ozzie. Ozzie, what's happening?
7: What's
2: happening, guys? How you doing, buddy? Uh
7: was doing good till I heard that Debbie Downer from uh, Five Lapierre over <laughs> there. That's, uh... Oh man,
2: uh, that, that's a tough one, man. I mean, you're talking about I'm having not... to, you know, shut everything down as far as you know yeah, the I... Titans, man.
5: What what's what's the point of having the extra people on the practice squad though? If you can't just replace them, treat it like an injury. For the individuals. Well, the individual here's ones. here's
2: the problem that I foresee because of the fact that sometimes it takes a couple of days for infectious people uh, to register with the test or what have you. Um, this this may be the tip of the iceberg in the Titan organization, mm-hmm. you know, amongst the players. Um, yes, I would think that in at first glance you say that's why you got the practice squad, that's why. But the problem is, is what happens because no matter how hard you try to social distance you know you can't social distance in the trenches nope. <laughs> it just don't happen
5: right and, that, and that's my that's my point of the coaches getting fined for being on the sideline because they don't have their mask on properly when the players don't all have visors and they don't have masks so what's the difference
1: but i do think but though aussie that's kind of what we saw here right because they're saying it was one of the titans linebacker coaches who was the original one to get it now, they held him back. I don't know if you saw this, Wolf. No, I didn't. The Titans, when they went to Minnesota this past weekend, they left their uh, outside linebackers coach in Nashville because they thought he had potentially been exposed. So I think and, – and believe me, Ozzie, I was the same way. I was like, why are these guys wearing masks when the whole organization's getting tested multiple times a week? But that's the reason why right there, because John Gruden could test negative on a Friday. He could go out to dinner on Saturday and pick it up somehow and then right. come in on Sunday and – maybe that is even still with like i said they were cautious they left this linebacker's coach back in tennessee you know. and it still seems like it was spread to a few other individuals there's just uh, we we kind of touched on this last segment and it's the most maddening most frustrating part about all this we just don't know when we think we know you know who who is the famous coach you said that you think you know but, but you, know, you don't Jim know Mora.
5: <laughs>
2: exactly
5: yeah we have uh, we have a uh, uh, uh some people get it in the – our public schools here and the kids are required to wear a mask. But that's what I said. They probably got it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They when they go home they don't have to wear a mask, but still then you're wearing a mask. I have to wear a mask ten hours a day at work.
1: Yep. So, and I'm I'm sure that's I mean that, that might be part of this too. I mean think about it. The timing of all this is happening as more and more people are going back to work. More and more kids are going back right. to school. I mean, you know, think about it too, yeah. I would imagine a lot of these NFL coaches, maybe most of them, have families, have children. Now their children are playing sports and are going to school. There's just been a lot more movement over, over over the last month. Um, and so I think it's good that the NFL is nipping this in the bud, has a handle on it early. But I also think Wolf to an extent, maybe you know, we we should have expected this to happen you know, at some point this season. I really do think that because, again, they're they're not living in a bubble, you know? Like, I think it would have been naive not to expect this to happen at some point this season. Now we see the plans and how they handle everything.
2: Well, it's, you know... I don't know. This was such a gut punch. Well,
1: I mean, it is. You know what I mean? I I look at all these nuts, Ozzy was right. I mean, he's talking about
2: a Debbie Downer (laughs) there. And it is a Debbie Downer. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but the fact is, you know, you've you've shut down operations till Saturday. Uh, Yeah, I don't know whether you just line up and play on Sunday. You know, up, too bad. You know, maybe a Zoom meeting all week long and you say, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But.
1: Yeah, this uh, this kind, this reminds me a little bit of of doing shows the day that last season when it was announced that Ben was going to be out for the year. I mean, you know, I got this whole show prep sheet here for us, yeah. Wolf. Well, I might as well just here's what I had for us for this segment. Right. Uh, David DeCastro said yesterday that the three <laughs> and start is huge. It's having confidence that this team can be really special. Wolf, let's talk about a three and start and the momentum that comes with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it could shut down real quick. But here's here's the here's the whole deal. Until you officially are notified that that game is not Re- taking place. You can't afford to sit there and go. No,
1: absolutely okay, not.
2: Okay, I'm going to chill out. I'm going to relax, rest a little bit and all that stuff. No, you can't because trying to regenerate those RPMs in your gourd. Let me tell you something. That takes a little bit of having to uh, spend some time getting actively yeah. after it. It's going to be, a, uh, this is gonna be an interesting couple of days and an interesting Mike uh, Tomlin press conference coming up.
1: Yeah, coming up right here in just about a half an hour on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. And I'm sure – Wolf, that is one of the things that Mike Tomlin will say in his opening was we are proceeding, assuming that we are playing the Tennessee Titans in Nashville on Sunday. It's business as usual until we're told otherwise.
2: Right. And that's the only way that you can uh, judiciously move forward, you know, is making sure that you have that sort of framework, that mindset.
1: Let's sneak another phone call in here before we uh, take our final break of this hour. Let's go out to good old Latrobe and talk to Tony. Tony, you're in the locker room. What's happening?
8: Hey, guys. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you sorry, doing,
8: bro? So sorry it took me so long to call in this year, but I had to finally catch the number when Wes uh, said it because every <laughs> time Tent says it, I can never grab the numbers back. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was going to call in yesterday, and now I really, really wish I would have. Uh, the fellow that called in to apologize for ruining the other guy's trivia thing, <sighs> the way that went down, they were both right. Uh, you remember they said it was a local steelworker, right?
2: Right.
3: Well, all the
8: steelworker, all the guys on the steelworking crew, they were all taking their high school football names and throwing them in the hat. Okay. And that's where the feral Steelers' name got thrown into mm. the hat. One no the, kidding. One of the steelworkers was that guy, yeah.
2: And the best part about it was I so screwed up the whole segment with everybody's names and everything else. I didn't know what was going on by the end of the segment, but that's just oh, another well, they, day they, in they my they head.
8: Confuse you don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but hey, well uh, thank you very much for sorting that out
8: hey uh i hope i didn't lose my status from not calling in this year i keep hearing about the dirty dozen i'm like god, god <laughs> I, I was waiting for circus george to call in so i could call in and, and retort to something that he said because we haven't talked to each other since last year
1: ah uh, well don't you know what tony if they left you out of the uh the, the dirty dozen don't worry i'll get them to make it a baker's dozen we'll that's s- it we'll,
8: we'll
2: sneak you in the Dirty Baker's Dozen.
8: <laughs> Hey, I'll I'll earn my way back in. <laughs> hey, I wanted to let you know. You guys are always talking about music and whatnot. Yes. If, uh if you need somebody for to to check the rock and roll trivia for you, I'm your guy. <laughs>
3: oh, all right. I, I like, like that. It.
8: I've been a pro- I've been a professional musician for 45 years and that stuff has always been a passion of mine. So we, a lot of times I'm just here correcting you guys out loud and laughing like heck. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, nobody can be corrected more than I can. That's for sure. No doubt
1: about it. Hey, Tony, we uh, we appreciate the uh, the phone call. Thank you for, uh, for chiming Thank in you, here brother. and appreciate following it. up from yesterday. And, and just remember, you know, if, if Tunch messes it up for you, <laughs> <laughs> 412 four 919 1316 <laughs> And uh,
8: thoughts and prayers to the Titans and the Vikings organizations and their families and i hope everybody's gonna be okay if i had to take a guess at it uh I, I'm doing the switch the way you guys were just talking about it i think that's a, that that's probably what they're going to do is something on that order and if something would happen again well you remember espn a couple of years ago was running two monday night games so you never hey. know things like it. It that way
2: Interesting.
1: Ah, moving. Nice yeah, bump like, the game one back one a day. Later. Yeah. Hey, we might play the Super Bowl in April. Who knows? Hey, well, you don't know. <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. what, Tony? It is funny that you say that because this is something. You know, we talked about the league having um having contingency plans and, and things right. of that nature with labs. I know for a fact, right? Super Bowl is supposed to be the first weekend in uh, February in Tampa Bay. I know that the NFL held Raymond James Stadium for for March and for April as well. So nah, they, they, plan, they planned yeah. for this. Tony, you're prescient, <laughs> buddy. <laughs>
8: <The> <laughs> Tony NFL has an opportunity right now to really show, show how to touch take care of these things yeah. I think they're
1: going to I, I Thank think you, so bud. too we appreciate the call Tony uh we got to get to our last break here on the other side we'll wrap up some final thoughts along the lines of uh of this kind of bombshell announcement before we hear from Mike Tomlin just afternoon uh we got some phone lines open Circus George and Mike hang on the line we'll get to you in the next segment 412-919-1316 your last chance to jump on the lines Craig Wolfley Wesley Euler in for Tunchiokin you are in the locker room on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh
0: In the Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: Well, Wolf, the uh, the breaking news continues to roll in. Uh, big thanks to Sir Krigler and Gabe for uh, for pointing this out to me on Twitter. Burt Lawton just tweeting uh, four minutes ago. Burt Lawton, of course, the head of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I well, should say he's the Pittsburgh Steelers' director of communications. Head of the PR department, if you will. Uh, Four minutes ago, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin's press conference, which was originally scheduled for noon today, has been postponed until later. So
2: It's an indefinite later, right?
1: Yes, and I would imagine that is because, rightfully so, Mike Tomlin doesn't want to go and do a press conference here in 20 minutes without all the information of all this suspension and COVID stuff going on with with Tennessee and across the league.
2: So what we have now is a game that is – possibly indefinite <laughs> and a press conference that
1: that's possibly uh, indefinite. <laughs> uh, okay. So tune a, in to find out what we don't know. <laughs> it does sound like we will, we will get a press conference from Mike Tomlin at some point today. Right. Just not exactly sure when again, thanks to, uh, to Gabe and, and Sir Krigler for pointing that one out to us here on Twitter. I, I will say this though, Wolf, I think this is fair and, and I want to make sure I get this out there. There's no one, in terms of the, the 32 head coaches in the NFL and beyond, there's no one that I think I would – not that I think. I know there's no one I'd rather have being the head of that locker room, being the voice that has to navigate all this craziness other than Mike Tomlin. No he, question he is the, He's the guy to have at the helm right
2: no now. No question. And that's one of the things he does best. He's large and in charge. He's going to handle it. We'll uh, get the information as it comes out. You know, I'm reading some of this off a. Of you know some of the other news reports out there, and they talked about the Vikings who played the Titans out, back mm-hmm. on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and they've shut down, of course, and said. But through a source, told ESPN's Chris Mortensen that there were positive tests with the Vikings as well. Oh boy! So you know this is we talked the, about the ripple effect. I yeah, mean, that, I mean the wildfire that can get out of control quick. I you mean
1: because it's not just you know it's not just going to affect the Titans and the Vikings, the Steelers, the Texans are supposed to play the Vikings next weekend.
2: Well, if there's indeed. Uh, positive tests coming out from, you know, what you're presuming is that game and that close contact. And we're talking about Tuesday. We're talking about not even 72 hours after the game. Um, It's, you know, the thing is just, it's got to be, first of all, it's just a little bit daunting. It is. Because you know how fast it can get out of control. Absolutely. So I I think that you've got to move ahead, obviously, and shut things down. Mm -hmm. Now, the question I got is, do you, have, do, you, do you run forward with the idea that we're going to play this game regardless because we're going to shut down and then we'll squatch, you know, just, <laughs> just squelch, squatch, and squitch all the COVID stuff, right? And then we just play the game. You know, oh, I'm sorry, you don't have any, you know, you've, you've been Zoom calling practice. Mm-hmm. I think Zoom practicing would be oh. fun. Huh? Well, for the
1: players, maybe. Yeah, he's just sitting
2: there <laughs> eating a, a cheeseburger and, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing my one-on-ones here. <laughs> yeah, I'm practicing my punch, coach. Oh, I'm that, good.
1: I mean, that's got to be maddening for the coaches and especially, right, for the Texans or for the Steelers coaches because they this is out of their hands. It's now something that is affecting no them question. that they had nothing to do with, not their control, and I think that's the frustrating part about this. You've seen that play out in college football over the few, first couple of weeks of the season where games have been canceled, and that, you know, it, it doesn't just affect one program. It doesn't affect two pro- programs. It affects the teams that they're playing the following. You know, it has a real ripple effect when these games get canceled. It's it's the whole why Labs was so, you know, coming down on John Gruden there is because, it yeah. it, you know, your actions, you're seeing it right here. Um, one team is now affecting four teams, two different possible games.
2: That can multiply real fast. And that fast. can multiply
1: really fast.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. exactly correct. So... Uh... You know, taking this all into consideration, you say, okay, if it it would better shut down for one game than it is to, you know, risk the multiplication factor. But again, this could be something already that's caught legs and could be beyond the control of the NFL. Regardless of that, you know, you look at the where gotta, they are.
1: You got to keep doing what you can do, and yeah, control absolutely. what you can control.
2: You know, so if, if for the players out there, I hope the Steelers they, they maintain their focus. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully they'll be able to continue to practice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they will. I can't see where And
1: uh, I'm sure too. It's it's a reminder to every for you know, for all the other teams in the NFL. It's a reminder that this can all, you know, this can go sideways well, pretty remember, easily. Do you
2: remember the moron from Seattle back in Phase 1 or 2 that was trying to sneak somebody into <laughs> – Had
1: his girlfriend dress in team apparel to try and sneak her into the hotel. Okay. All right. I mean, it now, was pretty smooth that he had her dress in team apparel to try and seem like she was part of the staff. I mean, right. That right. was good thinking.
2: Right, but I'm sitting there going, <laughs> okay, um, we may have found the guy with the lowest IQ in the NFL right here. I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty much one of those uh, – you know, self-elimination yes, type things. Yes. That's how you cut yourself. It's stupid stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's very Darwinian in nature. You know, <laughs> evolution <laughs> of the dumbest people get them out.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's uh let's go back to the phone lines here as we close out this hour, second hour in the locker room. Uh, who's been waiting here the longest? Let's go out to Mike in Seattle. Mike, what's happening? You're in the locker room. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Fabulous. How you doing, Michael?
7: hey, you know, I'm just trying to make it here in Seattle just hearing about this news here. And um, it's got me curious because if we look around the sports league, especially for the NBA, the hockey, and how they really shut down the uh, community, like, you know, the, the environment, you know, for people to come in and stuff like that. Do you guys know, and maybe I missed it, was there any specific guidelines that the NFL put out Before the season started, that was kind of, you know, right along with basketball, especially with Mm. no contact with certain people, um, limiting people. Like, I'm trying to understand that because I know, you know, each state is different, especially trying to deal with this whole COVID thing. Especially here in Washington State, you know, for a while, you know, for three months here, we had everything pretty much shut down. And, you know, slowly but surely, we got back in the face. So it's cut down our numbers more, unlike other states that didn't, you know, do anything at all or didn't even require people to wear face masks. So that's my question, like, you know, what did the NFL actually do to actually cut down some of these things so stuff like this wouldn't happen?
2: They've cut access to the yeah. facility by huge numbers. I've only been down there once. Can't get near the players, you know. I could say hi to the players from the upper balcony on the south side facility. <laughs> you can at about, wave at about 100 yards away. You know, you can wave, but um, really, you have no contact with the players. You have no contact with team personnel, basically, uh, except for uh, if you know some of the um, uh, the. Uh, uh, you know the information guys like right. Bert and so right. so forth. You know the, the PR essential guys. personnel. Yes. Yeah, but that that's it. I mean, so they've cut way back access by right. anybody else. So they're doing the very best. Um, they've done a great job thus far, and how they handle this one specific situation may well be telling, indeed, about whether or not this season moves forward.
7: Exactly. You know, because I, I did watch training camp you know, here from, you know, Seattle and being able to see how much distance that you guys had during that time, even when you had to go off air and let them, you know, do their training camp. Oh, so yeah. To me, I felt like my and, you know, the Pittsburgh organization, they were very, very strict on, okay, this is what's going to happen and this is what we're going to do. That's why I love the Nation so much. Thank you.
2: They're great. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you checking in.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. We do appreciate the phone call and yeah, it's it's just again, that's the you know, that's the craziest part. It's just the unknown. It, there's a lot that you can't control, but we're we're very confident that definitely down on the south side, they are controlling what oh, they can control. They've,
2: they've done a great job there. Yeah. Um and and I can't say enough about the good work that they continue to do to make sure the players have the greatest amount of protection possible.
1: Let's check in with our buddy Thrash in Virginia. Thrash, what's happening, partner? You're in the locker room. Hey
9: hey, good morning, wild, wild west, and hungry <laughs> like the wolfly.
1: <laughs> what's up, brother?
9: How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Fabulous,
2: fabulous.
9: So uh I'm a little bummed out while it's COVID talk, so I want to move back to the the football Let's do uh, it. aspect of things. And uh well, if you always talk about September surprise during training camp, but you were talking on the offense and trying to get some of the motion and stuff with Matt Canada, women. right? But there's a uh, September surprise on defense, I think, in uh, Tyson Alualu.
2: Absolutely, brother. That's he has a been great... he's been
1: fantastic there's, through these. As first I three said, games.
2: two of the two of the beautiful secret sauces in the first three weeks has been Mike Hilton and Tyson Alualu. Oh. Hey, everybody knew Mike Hilton could play. He's upped it, you know. People knew that Tyson Alu-Alu was a a contributor, was a good, solid pro. Man, is he playing well, even Mm -hmm. over and above what I anticipated him uh, contributing. This guy, is he's a pro's pro. He's one of those guys that you lock him in anywhere, and he gets the job done. But to see him excel at the nose tackle has been an exciting part of the defense the, the first three weeks. Anything else, brother? Yeah, I
9: agree. Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100% with all of that. And then, uh, oh, you guys were talking a little bit about barbecue in the first hour. <laughs> the wife and I put a, uh, a pork loin in the slow cooker uh, oh, yeah. yesterday and made pulled pork. Uh, so now you're speaking uh, my language.
1: That's the language of love, brother, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know it.
1: Thrash buddy, we appreciate the, uh, the phone call as always, and don't worry, I, I won't give you too hard a time of predicting the Texans to win last week. All right, I'll let that one slide. <laughs>
9: I'm very happy that, uh, that, they, that they didn't win. I'm glad <laughs> to it pulled it out. So I, I, I have much
2: shame on my part. Yes, you feel much shame, feel okay? Much, well, yeah. shame, shame on you for, uh, for a few <laughs> days here,
1: but hopefully we'll be able to get a prediction from you this Friday about the upcoming game. Thanks for the time, as always, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, let's sneak in uh, one more here before we have to go to break. Let's stick in Virginia. We'll go to Virginia Beach and talk to Eddie. Eddie, you're in the locker room. Hello, guys.
7: How are you all doing today?
1: Doing fabulous, Eddie. How are you?
7: I'm doing good. I was a young man that called in about the trivia yesterday, the other day about the first feelings.
2: Okay, gotcha. Did you,
7: yes, I'm glad everybody picked up one. And
2: <laughs> you got everybody throwing mea out there, Eddie. <laughs> and then I left the whole segment so confused, I thought Nathaniel somewhere was in there. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I can only tell you, you know, it ain't easy being me, you know. And then of it ain't course, easy. It's, no, it's yeah, you know. But then of course, my wife, if she's listening, I know she's murmuring right now, and it's not too difficult either. <laughs>
7: yeah, but yeah, this is we're a little small high school that's up up north by Newcastle, PA, and we're called the City of Chance.
2: Beautiful, and you That'd started be- a whole firestorm. Thank you so much for <laughs> your
1: contributions. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> new hey newcastle pa that's a home of uh indianapolis Colts safety malik hooker
2: yeah there you go <laughs>
7: yeah. oh, matter of fact, um the film the styles used to play for phil stillers he went to ohio
1: that's State. right that's right yeah yep yep yeah there's, that's there's my no, hometown a lot of good a lot of good football players from newcastle pa the red storm right eddie yes yeah. Hey, can you tell I used to call high school football games or what? There one, you man? go. He's he's down <laughs> on it, Eddie. All right, Eddie. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. See you, brother. <laughs> all right. We got about uh, two minutes here, yes. Wolf. Um, so, for those that we were saying with the, the press conference being canceled, here's what's happening. Uh, you're getting out of here a little early today. How about uh, that?
2: Well, no, because I got to stay. We got Terrell Edmonds coming oh. up in a couple hours.
1: <laughs> uh, what we're going to do is instead of the uh, Mike Tomlin press conference here at noon, Adam Crowley is coming in. Okay. And uh, the Crow Man and I are going to do an hour show before we hand things off to you're Stan You're, like, Saverin. all
2: over the place, man. You hey. are. You, hey. I'm,
1: I'm, like, put. Body, baby i just uh, you form me however you need me and i'm there
2: that works that's tremendous
1: uh so we have 90 seconds here wolf 90 i wanted, seconds. I wanted to ask you this before we get out of here yes today is national coffee day okay where is the wolf man's favorite place to get a cup of coffee in pittsburgh pennsylvania wow oh, man uh
2: you know in my kitchen my wife makes some <laughs> great coffee you know i don't know what she does with the little magical stuff that she puts in the coffee but, may, baby, when I come out ready to go, getting ready for that show, boom, we're, we're
1: kicking. Any particular type that she makes or just in general? She just makes it with I'm, love and that's had, enough for well, you.
2: And when the good lady Faith blesses it with love, let me tell you something. That's just a beautiful, it's a, a bouquet on the mm. day, okay? I'm a Tim Hortons guy. Are you a Tim Hortons guy? I love Tim Hortons. That's pretty good. I like anywhere, where, especially when you can get the, uh, what's that high-intensity shot of... Uh, what do you
1: espresso. Get yeah, or- the espresso. Oh yeah. Oh, when well, you but get. You some- don't, what do you need the high intensity energy for? I mean, you're That's- like me. You you roll out of bed and it's your knobs are on eleven already. You're, you're looking to headbutt somebody.
2: You know what I mean? That's the way you're. That's how we roll. Well, if this was a lot of fun, man.
1: Always, first, first time in a long time. It's always, you know, I always, always love you, brother. You. We've always had fun. Likewise, uh, Tunch will be back tomorrow. For those of you unfamiliar, you can catch me uh, noon to two normally with Arthur Motes on SNR. But coming up next, I will uh, I will have a show with Adam Crowley in lieu of the Mike Tomlin press conference. So don't go anywhere. More Stiller talk coming right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.